Hello, hello, hello. How's everybody doing today, this evening, tonight? Welcome to Political Talk. It is so great here in the great state of Wisconsin, enjoying this great weather that we're having, a little warm. You know, you've been in the Midwest uh, a long time where 32 degrees seems like a heat wave. Here at Political Talk, we want the truth, we seek the truth, and we need the truth. Think about that line for a minute. We seek the truth, we need the truth, and we want the truth. That is no more clear or showed no more clear of a picture than it has this week. And when I say that, I mean, when you look at what happened a year ago on the 6th, we look and we have two different views of what we saw. Some saw a peaceful protest. Some saw a coup, so some saw an insurrection. And some saw people who were just lost. I saw both. I saw a coup. I saw people who were I saw people who felt entitled. I saw people who were crushed and could not believe that their leader lost. I saw people who wanted to do everything in their power to stop the count of Joe Biden becoming the 46th president of the United States. Now, other people saw a peaceful protest. They saw people just being let in, being, you know, just taking it easy, doing a stroll. That's amazing when you think about it. That lets me to believe that what we see on TV, our takeaways are totally different. And it's sad. When you see, think about it, six cops killed themselves, committed suicide after the six. Two people died. Well, if you count you know, five, but Officer Sidnick and Ashley Babbitt. If the six was not, if the six was a non-starter, if the six was just a normal fucking day, why did you have death? If the six was a normal day, why did the Congress go in hiding? If the six was a normal day. Why are 724 people arrested? We are being led to believe that the six is a non-starter. We wanted to do an independent commission, but one side said, no, we don't want you to look up what you saw. We don't want you to dig and find the facts. Do you know that people after September 11th did not want us to know what happened. They did not want us to dig. George Bush said no. It was, an, it was a citizen who said, we must look. I think when it comes to the six, you have to look. You have to understand. They wanted a bipartisan commission, but the right said no. And so Nancy Pelosi created one herself. And now you have people on the right who refuse to talk who plead the fifth. But didn't Donald Trump say people who plead the fifth are guilty? 
Now those same people who plead the fifth, Donald Trump keeps his mouth quiet. Because think about it. It means something. It affects him if they start talking. Does it affect him in a negative way or a positive way? We don't know. At this point, we don't even know how involved he was. All we know at this point from the six is Donald Trump gave a speech that set a flame to people. I know last week I talked about the six, but it was what he did. He said the election was rigged. He said they stole the election form from you. He said you had to fight like hell. And when they broke into the Capitol, that's what they were doing. They were going to fight like hell. They wanted to hang Mike Pence. This wasn't peaceful protest. These were people who were out for blood. So you refusing to see it, you telling me that Ashley Babbitt, who got shot for breaking and entering, got done wrong, please. You telling me that the Capitol Police opened the door for these people. I'll say, what were they supposed to do? They were outnumbered. If you were outnumbered, you'd open the door too. If I broke into your house and I had a group of people with me, you'd open the door too. We refuse to see it because we don't want to see it. And the question is, why? Why don't we want to see it? Why do we take away two different things from one clear picture? You've got one side painting a picture of what it is. They said that the FBI riled these people up and set these people aflame. You know, when I heard that, it makes me think of what my mom used to say. If your friend said, let's jump off a cliff, would you do it? If you knew going to the Capitol was wrong, if you knew breaking and entering was wrong, but your friend said, let's break into that house, could you go to the judge and said, my friend told me to do it, so I did it? No. Like I said, if the six was a non-starter, why did Trump not give these people a blanket pardon? He was still president. If these people were done wrong, why did Trump not come to their aid? Because he does not care. He does not care about these people. These people were just simply pawns in the game he was playing. And these poor people have to pay the consequences for a stupid action. Think about that. One stupid thing affects you for the rest of your life. It's something you would tell your, your parents used to tell you. If you do something stupid today, it will affect you for the rest of your life. You have to be better than what you want to do. We have to come at the six in a different way. We have to come at the six in a way of opening our eyes to see. Now, let, 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 before I move on, because I talked about the six on our whole episode, think about the six on that day. Donald Trump could have gave a speech anywhere, anywhere, but he chose D.C. 
He could have given a speech any time, the seventh, the fourth, the third, but he chose the sixth because he knew the sixth was what? The day that they were going to certify the election. He could have spoke at any time, but he spoke right before they were going to open the ballots. You have to fight like hell or risk losing your country. I will be there with you, but he wasn't. You had people march into the Capitol. Then you had them break the barriers. In their eyes, this is 1776. George Washington going across the Delaware River. This was Washington's last stand. The sixth, you could say, is America's wake-up call. It's America's last stand. We sit at the precipice of a democracy dying, fading away. 245 years are on the line. And you're telling me what she saw on the six was nothing. I saw it as the start of something. I saw a president who did not want to give up power. That should worry up worry anybody. I saw a president who did not want to give up power. Now, Karl Rove had a good point. If this was the Democrats, if this was January 6, 2013, if this was January 6, 2017, and Obama said no, would you still support it then? Would you still say they had a right? Donald Trump told us what? that there was just this clause that we did not know about that would allow him to stay in power. He just needed Mike Pence to follow through. You're telling me Al Gore did not know about this clause? You're telling me that George Bush one did not know about this clause? Only Donald Trump and his lackeys knew about this loophole that would allow him to throw out ballots and remain president. Can you imagine that? Do you want to live in a country where you set up a precedent of a president saying, I will not leave? The peaceful of transfer power, screw it, fuck it. I do not want to leave. If you do not, because ladies and gentlemen, what the Republicans do today, the Democrats can do tomorrow. And if you don't like that, you shouldn't like what you saw on the six. I saw a documentary last week and I saw footage I had not seen. I saw things I had not seen. And it cleared my mind what I saw on the six was a coup. What you saw on the six was a picnic. I saw the start of a democracy starting to crater. And I still see that happening. Reagan said this country is the shining, the shining light on the hill. But that light is slowly flickering and almost dim. We take this democracy for granted because in our eyes, it could never end. Don't get me wrong. This is the best country on the, play, on the face of the earth. Nowhere I'd rather be 
born in America right now. But right now, growing up to this point right now, 37 years of my life right now, I never thought we would be at this point. I used to joke about going to Canada. I never thought I might have to, to, to pull that trigger. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the point that we stand up. Both parties have screwed us. The right has become a party of a cult to one man. And the left is too woke and socialized to understand. We have to meet in the middle. We have to know what we want. And we have to abide by the Constitution. If a president loses, he has to walk away and live to fight another day. We don't have to like what we saw. We don't have to like the results of an election, but we have to respect it. My buddy said, I did not like it that Donald Trump won in 2016. But guess what? I sucked it up. Can you imagine if Al Gore did this? If Obama did this to Romney, would you still be supportive of it? No, you wouldn't. You'd be outraged just like I was that day. I don't care what the president, who the president is. He has to respect the rule of law. He has to be realized that he lost the fight. And it is time to move on. Ladies and gentlemen, the 6th was a sad day. And this week we celebrated it. You know what was bad about the 6th now before I move on? Instead of us, instead of making a speech where he talked about the importance of democracy and holding clear, he, he attacked Donald Trump. I think you just give Donald Trump oxygen. I think Joe Biden's speech should have been, a year ago we stood at this place in hiding. We saw a capital overrun by its own citizens. Led to believe something that wasn't true. But here we stand because 245 years, America has overcome so many obstacles and it will continue to overcome those obstacles. As President of the United States, it's my job to lead you. So a year ago today, we sat at this place in hiding, but today we stand at the face of it and say, no more. That's what he should have said. He should have been forceful. He should have told the American people, you don't have to like the results of an election, but you need to respect it. This is the people's house, but only if you're invited in. We don't break in. We don't break and try to take what's not ours. America does what's right, even if she doesn't agree with it, even if she doesn't like it. You suck it up and you live with it. And then you had Donald Trump come back. You have a president trying to divide this country. No. Maybe in a sense, but with that argument, you are dividing this country. Can you imagine if Donald Trump just got over himself, got over losing the election and say, 
The six was horrible. But we can do better. We need to stand as a party of one. The Republican Party, the grand old party. We respect the rule of law. And we respect when elections don't go our way. We stand and we live to fight another day. Both sides were wrong. But they're playing to the cheap seats. I'm playing to you. I love this country. I want America to have another 245 years. But if we continue to have leaders who continue to divide, who continue to stake points, that will eat each side apart, we'll never get over it. 724 people believed in something that wasn't true, and now they sit in jail, arrested, waiting to be free. Donald Trump didn't pardon any of them, didn't come to their aid. But they fought that day for him, and now they're paying the consequences of it. Husbands, fathers, brothers, sisters, wives, children, sister, brother. They succumbed to something that was not true. My truth is not your truth, and your truth is not mine. The truth is the truth, and we have to respect it. There is no way we should look at a video and get two different meanings from it. It is clear as day these people broke into the Capitol. They wanted blood. They felt entitled. They thought they could walk away with it. And when they got arrested, they were shell-shocked. They always bring up the other side. What about, what about this summer and those people? No. Those people were dealt with. We need to look at what's going to on now with you. It's not about what about it is. It's about dealing what now. What would you do if your kid said, why are you punishing me? What about the neighbors down the street? As a parent, you'd say, I don't give a shit about those kids down the street. The only thing I care about is you. So ladies and gentlemen, I care about you. I care about your truth. I care about your wants. I care about your desires. This is America. We are the land of the free, the home of the brave. And we will continue to be that. But if we continue to go down this path where we uh, want to divide us, we want to pull us apart because it, we, in our minds, we think it gives us political points. We'll never get over this virus. We'll never get over this fever pitch. We'll always be succumb to the demons that are inside of us. You know what a conspiracy theory is? A conspiracy theory is simply something you want to be true. So you buy into it. You know what I buy into? I buy into the greatness of America. I buy into the greatness of this country. I buy into the greatness of the presidency. I buy into the greatness of the Congress, of the Supreme Court, of the Constitution, and the Founding Fathers. That's what I buy into. My truth cannot be your truth, and your truth cannot be my truth. Our truth has to be truth, even if we don't like the outcome, even if we don't like 
<clears throat> what we see. Ladies and gentlemen, I see an America that can be strong. I see an America that is willing to overcome this. 245 years, we have grown. But we, we, we have to continue too. We cannot be scared to take off the train wheels. We can't be scared to push back from the other side who wants to divide us. Both sides want to divide us. We have to be clear as fucking day. This is America. This is America. So this week as we sat and we remember the six, we see the faces of those people. We see the agony. We see the pain. We see the want. We see the desire. But we don't see anything else. We don't see their truth. Because their truth cannot be my truth and my truth can't be theirs. We can only seek the truth. We need the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, another factor that happened this week. The Chicago Teachers Union went on strike. Well, not strike, but they you could say you could call it a sick out, a walkout, whatever you call it. And it's all because of COVID. When I started this podcast, COVID was kind of just starting or had been around for a while. And I remember my mindset reflecting that, okay, once the vaccine is here, the vac- uh, COVID will go away. And, you know, the biggest thing, you know, Donald Trump and the doctor he hired, they wanted herd immunity. Their mindset was, if everybody gets COVID, we can have herd immunity. And at the time, I thought that was stupid. I thought that was Dangerous. I thought that was crazy. But if you ask me today what I think, I think Donald Trump had it right. I think herd immunity might not be good for everybody because I think everyone's immune system cannot handle COVID. But I also think it would have been something where we wouldn't have had to shut down the country. And I think the moment we shut down the country, we did hurt Donald Trump a little bit. But I also take issue with Donald Trump because I say, if he had only taken COVID seriously from day one, can you imagine that? Had he said, wear a mask, social distance, only talk to people in your household or your inner circle. Had he did those things, some would say he's doing it now. He is, but it's a little too late because people are so baked into what they believe. You've got Joy Reid coming out right now making a statement that says unvaccinated people should pay more in taxes. And I look at that sign from the left and I say, wait a minute, you want to continually divide us by putting the vax against the unvax. Someone told me this week, they said, you know what, when I think about the vaccine, it's not a vaccine, it's a therapeutic. Then I read something where someone said, There's no way that you need to take three shots within a year. After six months, you need a booster. So January, I make it all the way to June. By July, I need to get another shot. What kind of vaccine is that? 
And then some people say it's not a vaccine. But I say it was oversold. I'm not vaxxed, but if I walk up to you and I shake your hand and you are scared because of that, my question to you would be, are you really confident what you put in your body? Or do you feel really that secure? Are you really that worried? Then the question, I, then the second question I would ask is, you have a problem. You've got people who are vaccinated having breakout infections. So the question, a person like me who's not vaccinated would say, why am I going to get a shot when I can have a breakout infection? When I can get sick and if not worse, land up in the hospital? It's like I said from day one, the shot is free, but the, but the, action, the, uh, the reaction to the shot is not. Who's going to pay those hospital bills? I don't have health insurance, and a lot of people like me don't. We live check to check. We're barely straight to get by. But you want me to get the shot? Who's going to pay if I have a reaction? See? But when you look at the Chicago's teachers union, they went on strike for four days, and they said because of working conditions. I think they, I'm going to take two approach. I think they were right. If they felt unsafe, if they felt like the district or the county or the state wasn't hearing them and taking care of their needs, they have every single right to walk off the job, especially if they're union. They have every single right to walk off the job. Because the question I would ask Mayor Lightfoot or the Secretary of Education is, you're telling me we went all summer knowing about COVID and we didn't prepare for it so we wouldn't get to this point now? This is a failure on every ounce of government when it comes to education. So they, they resolved it, but, you know, it took this where it put light on the matter and the fact if I was Mayor Lightfoot and I was negotiating with the union, I'd say, what do you need to go back to school? You need more tests? Okay, what else? Plexiglass. Is that it? If you don't have the resources, you go to the governor, Mayor. And if the, if the governor doesn't have the resources, he goes to the Department of Education. These people have failed our teachers. They don't make that much money. Yet we want them to go sit in a classroom with a virus that is deadly. Or they think it's deadly. But we have to respect their concerns. The one thing, if, we have to respect their concerns. I think Biden got flack because guess what? He didn't stand up to the teachers union. I agree he did not stand up to the teachers union. He should. But the question I would also ask those people, have you ever stood up to the police union? No. You're scared of that union. The Democrats are a little scared of the teachers union. But Biden should have taken a stand and said, no, a teacher needs to be in the classroom. These kids have lost so much already. They need to be in the classroom. This, I would say, is the lost years. This is the lost years. We're not benefiting the kids right now. Some people are still doing remote learning. 
And how does that benefit kids? I was a kid personally who had to be in class. I needed that social interaction. I needed that interaction with my teacher so he could explain the issues to me and the problem to me. But if we're not protecting our teachers, if we're not giving them adequate tests, if we're not giving them adequate protection, we're failing our students. We failed the teachers. They are doing the job they signed up to do. But they did not sign up to go to a war zone every single day. And you could say, what do you mean? You say a war zone. They're going into a classroom of young people who might be affected with COVID that could jump onto them, get them sick, and they could lose their life. So when people criticize the union, I support the union. But I also think the union has to find a balance. They have to find a balance. They have to be to get over themselves a little bit, and they have to be willing to negotiate. Four days of what? It shouldn't have been taken 24 hours to get an agreement. You go to the next person, and they did not. So on this, I blame the mayor. I blame the governor. And I blame the president and the Department of Education for not helping out. I mean, after the fact, they're going to send more tests. But I also look at the fact, Joy Reid said that unvaccinated people should pay more. Unvaccinated people should pay what? You want to penalize people and make this worse than it is? You want to divide, continue to divide this nation. Why? Because it brings more viewers to, to your show? Why? Why, Joy? Why? Why? Why do you want to divide us? There are some people, there are some people who look at unvaccinated people, as, we, as you could say in biblical terms, as lepers, unclean. And they deserve what they got if they die or succumb to it. I think when you get to this point where you want to take two fractions of society, when you get to this point where you want to take two groups of people and you want to separate them, you know, it's like the people on the six, it's like the unvaccinated people, it's like the vaccinated people. If somebody would just sit down and talk to them, why are you unvaccinated? Why did you get the shot? Why did you break into the Capitol? We don't want to talk to people because we don't want to hear them. We want to push our wheel on them. We want to throw what we believe on them. We don't want to hear them. We don't need to hear them. They need to hear us because we matter. Our opinion matters, not theirs. If Joy Reid would look at that statement, a black woman, we should tax the unvaccinated more. How would she feel if someone said, we need to tax African Americans more? She wouldn't like it. It's, it's almost racist, in a sense, to the unvaccinated. 
She needs to, in her head, get off your stool, your Eiffel Tower. Come down to the board, come down to the mailroom and talk to me, Joy. Tell me why you think the way you think. And I'll tell you why I think the way I think. You're vaccinated, right? Yes, you're vaccinated. Why are you scared of me? You took a shot that should protect you from me. I should be the one fearful for my life right now. But you're not. You wear that mask. You're, you're scared to be around people in restaurants who aren't vaxxed. But you're confident in what you put in your body, right, Joy? You want to tax me more. Why? You're the one having breakout infections. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people who have died who are right now in the hospital who are unvaxxed, and it's too late for them. And I feel for those people. I do. I had COVID. I overcame it. But everyone's not like me. I had a touch of it. And like I said, I'm not anti-vax. I don't want people to think that. If you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated by all means. But we need to come to a point in this country where we talk to people and try to understand their side. And not just talk at them. Not just throw our will at them. The reason we look at this virus and it is different than any other virus. Know why? Because it affects the elites. It affects people who in their wildest dreams can't believe this virus is affecting them. You know, when COVID was raging, when COVID was all over, I was out there still working. You were sitting at home in your Eiffel Tower with your door closed. I was out there working. I was breathing the air. I was an essential worker. And you didn't care then. But now that there's a vaccine and it's been around for a while, I should trust it. But there are still people having breakout infections. I remember seeing Oscar De La Hoya right before a fight laid up in the hospital with a breakout infection. Fully vaccinated, guess what? Laid up in the hospital. But you want me to trust the vaccine. You're telling me I need to trust it. Joy Reid's telling me I need to be taxed more. No one's talking to me. No one's trying to hear my side. If this vaccine is as safe as they say it is, then you should have nothing to worry about. And Donald Trump was right when he said, we should just let it happen. Can you imagine had we followed his instructions, had we listened to his advice, we'd be in a whole lot better place than we are now. Will we have lost people? Yes. Would people have died? Yes. But we live in a world where death is a part of life. Is it sad? Yes. And am I saying that I would rather sacrifice people's lives for the economy? No. But if we got to die, we got to die. I don't think we should sacrifice anyone's life. But I also don't think we should sacrifice anyone's life in a sense where we have people still shut up, shut in where they can't live their life like they used to. 
that's not good for us. That's not good for anybody. That's not healthy. Look at our school children. We have to get back to the America that we know and love. We have to realize that COVID is here to stay. You know, I read an article um, where a guy said if we just gave everybody $1,400 to get vaccinated, the vaccine rate would probably go up. I agree with that in a sense. Because I think if you get to people, if Donald Trump would have said, came out and said, if you get the vaccine, you will get a $1,400 check. Can you imagine the line of people getting the vaccine? You would just show up, raise your arm, get the shot, and as you walked out the door, here's your $1,400 check. That is how you raise the numbers. You know, we look back at COVID before it happened. I, I remember bringing up this idea. If we would have just looked at, you know, empty hotels that were struggling, taking over hotels and put COVID patients in there. And, start, and, and you could almost say we could have started the virus. We could have did a lot of things that we have not done. We could have did a lot of things that we have not done. But we're paying for it. Our students are hurting. Our teachers are scared to be even being in the classrooms. And yet we push back. And we have elitists like Joy Reid telling us we need to be taxed more. Because we didn't buy into what they were selling. We didn't get vaccinated like her, like she did. But I would say, if you're vaccinated, you should be scared of me more than I. I basically, I need to be more scared of you than, than me. We have to be willing to talk to people, not at people. So, as we switch things up, I just want to touch on a little thing for a minute. I have a little time for it. I want to talk about it. So, at the beginning of COVID, a lot of healthcare companies waived their fee. They waived their fee and were treating COVID patients for free. In a sense, you could say that was socialism. Hmm? It was socialism. My take is this. I think we need to get to, if we were, my take is this. I think we need to look at a public option in this country. Now, I know a lot of people would say, what? When someone got sick with COVID and were laid up in the hospital, do you know how much it, it costs to treat a COVID patient? Over $100,000. Who has a hundred hundred grand? A hundred grand medical bill would break anyone. But if we had a what do you say, a public option, if we had a government option on health care, you wouldn't have to worry about going in debt to treat yourself. Now, a lot of people who push back on public options don't like it because, you know, health care lobbyists, it affects them, it affects their bottom line. We need to look at it because 
when your dad or someone you love got COVID and got sick at no fault of their own, the healthcare companies covered the costs and we let them. And recently they overturned that and now it's on us. So think about it. If you get sick with COVID, if you get sick with COVID, you're going to be forced to pay that medical bill. Now, do you have a hundred grand in your pocket? Can you cover a COVID bill? No. So anyone saying otherwise has to look at it. If we look at politicians that come out and say we don't need a public option, the first question I would say is, who's paying them? The healthcare companies. They're putting money in their pockets because they know a public option would be competition for them. What's wrong with competition? Can you imagine a world where you don't have to worry about if you get sick? Can you imagine a world where if you get cancer, if you need, if you've got AIDS, if you've got anything, if you got diabetes, you don't have to worry about going in debt to pay for it. Having a public option is not a bad thing. Obama tried to sell us in what he got pushback. He got pushback for the right because guess what? They don't want a government takeover of health care. Yep, but they sit back and quiet because guess what? They have the best health care possible. Yet, Sue Reynolds, Bobby Fischer, struggling to get by, living check to check, all of a sudden one of their kids gets sick. They lose everything. They're ruined because they have to pay those bills. I had a friend once show me his wife's hospital bill. She had a rare disease. 60 grand for one hospital visit. 60 grand. And he was lucky because he was in the Navy and the Navy covered it. Do you have 60 grand to cover a hospital visit? We don't like socialism, but we cling to it when we need it. You didn't like the Build Back Better bill, but guess what? That child tax credit money you were quick to put in your pocket, those stimulus checks you were quick to put in your pocket, I did not see not one person willing to give that money back. Know why? Because we like it. We feed off it. Capitalism is nice, but has it done anything for you? We need a public option in this country. We need something. Universal health care for everybody. So when you get sick, you don't have to worry about going in debt if you have to go to the hospital. You don't have to worry about your kids' medical bills. Can you imagine that? There are people right now who kids are sick, and the first thing may come to their mind when their kids are laid up and, and they've been being treated. How am I going to pay for this? How am I going to cover this? Can we cover this? You've got fun, you've got parents raising money so they can spend time with their kids. You got dads, you got parents working while their kids are in the hospital. But can you imagine if we had a system that treated these kids 
for free. And the parents could focus on their children and not focus on hospital bills, about debt, about having to sell the house, about having to cut way back. These are the things we need to think about. I know you don't like a public option because you were made to believe it's a bad thing. Reagan told you it was a bad thing. Sarah Palin told you it was a bad thing. The Republican Party told you it was a bad thing. But at the same time, these are people who are loaded and who can handle a $60,000 health care bill. Can you? We need to stop letting these politicians push us back against our interest. What's good for you? What's in your best interest? I would love not to worry about going to the dentist, the doctor. Do we have to pay more in taxes? Yes, in a sense, we might have to. But we talk about living in a world about masks and protecting your fellow man. We should have that same mindset when it comes to health care. Health care is a right. It's not a privilege. You know, I went to the dentist, $6,000 for a crown and some other work. And I had health insurance. Well, I had a health savings plan. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to quit voting out our interest. I support a public option. I think we need it. And for people who say otherwise, I would say, well, how would you have handled when you got COVID and you were laid in the hospital and you had to come up with a hundred grand, if not more, you have a hundred grand laying around. Do you, your kid gets sick. God forbid your kid gets sick. God effing forbid. And you got to pay to treat him. Are there nice Samaritans around that can help you raise that money? People you can keep going back to the wealth to. For more donations, eventually it gets old, eventually people cut you off, and eventually it's on you, and eventually you lose everything. There was a girl I saw on Instagram, she was making an OnlyFans because her kid had an illness. People will do whatever they need to do to take care of their sick kids. But what if she didn't have to make an OnlyFans? What if she could focus on her kid without worrying how she was going to pay for the treatment? We need to quit voting on our special interest. We need a public option in this country. Obama tried it. Sanders talks about it. We need a public option in this country. We need it now, not tomorrow. We need it now. Do you have 60 grand laying around? Do you have 100 grand laying around? We look at the stats. So you look at the stats. I pulled it up. Uh, Canada spends $7 billion on healthcare per year. The UK spends 269.5 billion pounds on healthcare a year. Is it high? Yes, it's a little high. Healthcare is not cheap. Will we have to pay more in taxes? We'd have to pay a little something. 
But can you imagine if everybody in this world paid five cents? Or if we took 20, if we added a 25 cent tax and we all put 25 cents in a bucket, every paycheck. That's what we need to do. We need a public option in this country. We need to stop being told that it's a bad thing, that socialism is a bad thing. Is it bad? Socialism is good in moderation. Some parts of socialism is good, while other parts are bad. I think a public option is a good option. It's an option that benefits you. It's an option that benefits your kids. It's an option that benefits that young woman that had to do an OnlyFans. Imagine if you gave her that option, would she still do OnlyFans? Or would she say, I'm going to focus on my kid? She would focus on her kid. Like you would focus on yours. Because at the end of the day, our children mean more to us than anything. Our children are our life. Our children are our livelihood. Ladies and gentlemen, we need a public option in this country. And we need it now. We need to stop listening to politicians who tell us otherwise. Because guess what? Big Pharma... The healthcare companies, the insurance companies, they're all in their pocket. And if someone's in your pocket telling you what to do, guess what? You do what you're told to do because you got your hand out and you're taking their money. When is someone going to fight for us? When is someone going to look at the middle class and say, I have your back? They lie to us every two years. They don't give a shit about us. We don't have an advocate. Oh, yeah, the middle class, every election here, they mean they, we're the most popular people around. But once the election's over, I can't even answer. You won't even answer my phone call. You won't even talk to me. Yet when it comes time to put something on the table that benefits me and my family, you cannot do it because the special interests tell you otherwise. I am tired of being lied to. I'm tired of being led astray. Both parties have done it. If anything has told you otherwise, they overpromise and underdeliver. Obamacare is a bad thing. 40 votes in the House. And when they had the chance, they couldn't pull the trigger. Build Back Better fails because one man won't let it happen. Yet it hits his wallet, so he won't let it happen. While we sit here and struggle and live in squalor, why the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. We need a public option in this country. We need it now. We need to quit voting out our special interests because they're telling us it's bad. Open your eyes. Your truth is not my truth. My truth is not yours. The truth is the truth. As a country, we are struggling. And we're being led astray for what? 
so people can get richer and we can get poor so the gap in this country can grow even wider I am trying to hold on to the other half of that picture as hard as I can, but it's slipping through my fingers. We need a public option in this country. We need it now. Do you have 60 grand? Do you have 100 grand? God forbid you get the shot and you have a reaction. Who's going to pay that bill? You are. Because guess what? Uncle Sam won't cover that tab. He'll give, he'll cover the shot. But when it comes time to cover the reaction from the shot, you're on your own. Think about Oscar De La Hoya. Got the shot, breakout infection, laid up in the hospital, tubes, everything. Do you have Oscar De La Hoya money? Do you? Or do you got Mark money? Do you live like me, check to check? Are you struggling every week to get by? Is every month a surprise that you make it to the, the beginning of the month? Ladies and gentlemen, we are living in a world where we're being led astray and we're being forced to just suck it up. A public option is a good thing. And when I came to this conclusion on I said, why, why do I think this? I looked at COVID. I looked at COVID. I looked at people laying in their hospital bed. I looked at people with ventilators in their mouth. I looked at people on death's door. I looked at people who overcame everything. And I said to myself, if the health care company, if the health, that the insurance companies weren't covering the tab, could you afford that? Can you imagine that? When your loved one gets sick with COVID, he goes to the hospital, he's got the tube, he's got everything to keep this person alive. And he's in the hospital for weeks, if not months. And he gets out. He recovers. And then you get the bill. And your heart sinks. And you grab your chest. And your first thought of your mind is, how am I going to pay for this? You're happy your loved one's well. You're happy your loved one is not sick anymore. But now you're sick. Because you have a bill that you don't know how you're going to pay for. Your life has just been upside down. You can't declare bankruptcy on medical debt. So you have to figure out what to do. We need a public option in this country, and we need it now. Before I leave, we talked about the Supreme Court a little bit. As you know, the Supreme Court today struck down OSHA mandate with 100 employees, if not, uh, or not more, uh, basically saying OSHA can regulate some stuff, but that was a huge government overreach, which I think it is. You know, it's not OSHA's job to tell people what they should put in their body. Um, another important case I want to talk on before we close out tonight's episode, um, Carson versus Menken, important. It's okay. It's an oral, uh, Carson versus Menken. 
It considered whether a 1982 Maine law violates the First Amendment by excluding religious school from state tuition system. Basically saying that um, religious schools should be entitled to some federal funding. Now, the drawback to that is, in this country, when it comes to any kind of religion, we're quick to say we shouldn't persecute Christians. Okay, but what about Jews? What about Catholics? What about Muslims? We never talk about other religions. And so, <clears throat> why this law troubles me, when you talk to the people who think that Christian schools should be entitled to that money because they feel like they're being persecuted. The one thing I would say, what about Muslim schools? Shouldn't Muslim schools, their religion, shouldn't they be entitled to that money? That's when you see the drawback. That's when you start seeing people say, wait a minute. Because in their eyes, it should only be directed towards schools that are Christian, not schools that are Muslim, not schools that are Jewish. Are Catholic. But I would tell people if you're going to open this Pandora's box and saying that religion, religious organizations should be entitled to some federal funding, you have to be open to religions you might not agree with Scientology, Judaism. That's why I think this argument, it hasn't been decided yet. But I think this argument in the Supreme Court is, a, is one to watch. Carson versus Mankin. Because, like I said, it's in Pandora box, and once you open it, you can't close it. And you see a lot of people, when you start talking about other religions besides Christian, they clenched their pearls. Ladies and gentlemen, um, thank you for joining me tonight. Um... My truth is not your truth. Your truth is not mine. We have to get to a point in this country where we can look at each other and agree. We have to agree on what we see and come to the clear understanding that America can be better. America is better. America can do better. We shouldn't allow outside organizations to tear us apart because it benefits them. Now, we're always told about the talking heads. I agree. It's their job to talk. It's their job to tear us apart. It needs to be our job to push back on those talking heads and say, no, we will not be torn apart. We will stick together. We will put our heads down, and we will stay focused. Once we do that, and we take our power back from these organizations, these talking heads, can you imagine? what we'll do, how powerful we'll be, and how little power they will have, you'll be shocked. Once again, I support a public option. We shouldn't be led astray. Um, you got 60 grand laying around, you got 100 grand laying around. Uh, getting sick should not be a death sentence to being dead, broke, and poor. Hmm. Democracy means everything in this country, and we're slowly fading away. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, if you like the content that I put out, if you like tonight's episode, please share it. Let other people know what we're trying to do here. 
We're trying to find the truth. We're trying to seek the truth, and we need the truth. But I can only find it if you join me. So ladies and ladies and gentlemen, do you will you join me? Ladies and gentlemen, have a good night. God bless.